Welcome back to the Afternoon Drive. I'm your host, Thomas Vermeisen. I've got another episode here today regarding the NBA trade deadline. The NBA trade deadline came and went, and there was some interesting news. There were a few notables that have left their old teams and are now on new teams. One being Victor Oladipo, former all-star of the Indiana Pacers, who was on the Houston Rockets. He has been traded to the Miami Heat. So the Miami Heat make a move for Victor Oladipo. My thoughts on the Oladipo signing are that it was a great move because the Heat gave up very little for Oladipo. The Rockets, in exchange for Oladipo, received Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a 2022 first-round swap. So essentially a swap and then two guys who are bench players for an all-star. I like Miami in this trade. Oladipo gives them a guy that has the potential to be an all-star who could be a difference maker in a playoff series to go along with Jimmy Butler. The Heat were not done there. They are looking to buy out LaMarcus Aldridge from the San Antonio Spurs. LaMarcus Aldridge, another big name. He's on the tail end of his career now. He's in his 15th season. You may remember back in 2015, he was a big name free agent that summer. And he was pursued by many teams, including the LA Lakers, when they still had the late Kobe Bryant. However, you may remember that his meetings did not go particularly well with the Lakers as he ended up signing with the Spurs when they had Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. And he made a run with the Spurs his first year there where they went 67-15, and 15, although they came up short, losing to the Thunder in the second round that year in the playoffs, Duncan's final playoff series. And then they slowly dipped from there. However, they did have a run the following year as well where they made the championship, Western Conference Championship, with Kawhi Leonard leading the team, and Marcus Aldridge being his second fiddle. And that team came up short when Kawhi hurt his ankle in the first game of that series where they were up early by 20 points. But Kawhi goes down with an injury, and there go the Spurs' chances. It was then after that Kawhi wanted out of San Antonio. Marcus Aldridge became the guy. They struggled. They never made the Western Conference Championship again. They didn't even make the second round. They had trouble just getting to the playoffs. They were able to make the playoffs in 2018 and 2019, but got bounced in the first round both years with Aldridge being the main guy. DeMar DeRozan came over 2019 and was his second running mate on that team that lost in the first round at Denver. 2020, they did not make the playoffs. So LaMarcus Aldridge has been a good player, probably not a great player, come up short quite a few times. But the Heat could use him as a third or even fourth fiddle. As you look at Heat, the Miami Heat roster, again, they just picked up Victor Oladipo. I'm a fan of Oladipo. If he can get back to his all-star form like he was in Indiana just a few years ago, that's a huge signing. And then you've got Jimmy Butler. I'm a Jimmy Butler fan. He was the guy that led them to the finals last year. Great leadership. Butler's a winner. And so if if Aldridge can come in and play decent as the third or fourth option, then you're looking at a Miami team that's gearing up for a run. So I think Miami's a big winner today. 
And then you look around the rest of the league and you see Toronto, who was in the news with Kyle Lowry, and you look at their roster and you think, all right, well, they're struggling. They're going to move on most likely. And Lowry actually gave a tearful press conference thinking he would be traded, but he actually stayed pat at the deadline. So that was a little surprising that he wasn't traded. So Toronto kept Lowry. Another big name who was on the move, however, was Rajon Rondo. Now, Rajon Rondo is a guy who's been in the league now. This is his 15th season. Came in the same year as LaMarcus Aldridge, actually. And Rondo was a guy out of Kentucky. Spent two years at Kentucky. Was a first-round pick by Boston in 2006. And in his second year in the league, he was the point guard of the championship team, the Boston Celtics, when they won the championship in 2008, defeating Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, and the Lakers that year. Rondo would go on and be an all-star, he ended up being the best of that bunch by 2012. The last year, they kind of had that nucleus of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Rajon Rondo. They came up short, losing in seven games in 2012 to Miami. And then that team started to get broken up. You saw Ray Allen go to Miami that offseason. And then you saw Paul Pierce, Garnett only play one more year in Boston before going to Brooklyn in 2000. 13 summer 2013 Rondo would hang on but eventually he would get dealt away from Boston and his career was zig and zag he ended up on Dallas at one point which didn't go well and he ended up resurrecting his career a couple years ago he played great for a Sacramento Kings team although he didn't get a whole lot of publicity and then last year he was a huge reason why the Lakers won the championship coming on strong in the playoffs for them and really solidifying that team with his veteran presence. So again, 2013-14 to about 2018, he kind of was zigging and zagging. Some people thought he might be out of the league. He comes back. He's got this second win now. Had a great year with Sacramento one year, and then he goes to the Lakers. He helps them win a championship. He goes to Atlanta this year. Atlanta, decent team, probably helped that he was there guiding a guy like Trey Young, a younger player who's got potential to be a superstar. And Atlanta decided, you know, they're going to move on. They're going to swap him for a local guy who grew up out there, Lou Williams. Now, Lou Williams has been in the Clippers organization for a few years now, and he's been known as a scorer. But the Clippers don't necessarily need scoring. They need a ball handler and a leader who can help Kawhi because Kawhi plays very well, Kawhi Leonard, off the ball. And he is a guy that did really well next to a guy like Kyle Lowry in Toronto when they won the championship just two years ago. So I, I love this pickup. That's, this is my favorite one of the day. Rajon Rondo to the Clippers. I'm a huge fan of that move. The Clippers were rumored to maybe even be getting Lonzo Ball, but I like this move better because the Clippers, they're a veteran team. Lonzo Ball is a good player. He's young. He's never been in the playoffs. Rajon Rondo is the opposite. He's experienced. He's won two championships, one in Boston, one in L.A. He's going to be ready to go. He's going to be ready to try to win that third one with Kawhi Leonard. So great pickup by the Clippers. Another big name, Nikola Vucevic. He gets dealt from the Orlando Magic to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, of course, have all-star guard Zach Levin. And or Levine, Zach Levine, and he needs help. He's a great player on a team 
that needs more talent. You know, it's it's just the truth. You know, some of those other guys on the Bulls, they they're hard workers, I'm sure, but they need to surround Levine with more all star talent for him to lead that team to the next level, which is playoffs and championships. So this move for Vucevic, who's a multiple all star, is a great, great, great move, I think, by Chicago. I don't think this is it for them. I think they still need to continue to build that team. But Vucevic is a step in the right direction. And again, Levine is an all-star. He's young. They need to maximize his peak. He's coming into his prime. You don't want to waste a guy's prime. You go back, you remember guys who were superstars. And they always, they knew. When they were at that peak, they knew, I need guys around me now when I'm in my peak. I got three, five, seven, eight years. Who knows how many years before you start declining. And I'm thinking of guys like Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, when he lost Shaq and he was on the team and he was the only guy, only all-star. And finally, after a few years, the Lakers acquired Pyle Gasol and then boom, they're in the championship again. So that's all that you need sometimes is that second piece. And then maybe you add a third piece. Is Vucevic Pyle Gasol? Is he Shaq? I don't think so. I think Vucevic is a good player, an all-star player. I don't know if he's Pau Gasol. I think he can help the Bulls potentially, maybe even make a run in the playoffs. But I think they want a third piece. So I'll be curious to see if the Bulls try to pick someone else up, maybe not till the offseason. But I like their direction. And so we'll continue to look at the Bulls in the future. Other guys, Indiana, uh, TJ Warren will not return this season. Remember, he had a great end of the year when they were in the bubble. However, Indiana is one of those teams that they always have trouble in the playoffs. They just haven't been able to get past the first round. So this is not great news for them. TJ Warren is out this season. Other news, New Orleans, the Pelicans, they send J.J. Redick. Yeah, J.J. Redick, he's been around. He was another guy in 06. I'm noticing a trend. 06, we got LaMarcus Aldridge, Rajon Rondo, and now J.J. Redick. All those guys were drafted back in 2006. So interesting. J.J. Redick, he's going to Dallas. I like this move. I think Dallas needed a shooter. J.J. Redick's one of the best in the business. They pick up the rest of his salary for this year and roll the dice. He could be a, a big weapon come playoff time. He's been on playoff teams before. He was one of the guys on the L.A. Clippers when they had Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. And he was on the Sixers in Philadelphia a couple years ago when they were in the playoffs. So he's got plenty of playoff experience and he could help a guy like Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis in the playoffs. He could be that guy on the wing hitting the threes when the other guys are being covered and Luka's being double teamed. So he could kick kick out the ball to Redick and Redick is more than capable of hitting shots from the outside. You move on to Orlando, or I should say again, because Vucevic, he was an Orlando Magic player. Now you've got Aaron Gordon, another player of the Magic on the move. He goes to Denver, and so does JaVale McGee. McGee is packing his bags. He was in Cleveland. Now he's heading to Denver. So Denver picks up two bigs. That should help Jokic, Nokola Jokic, who's an MVP frontrunner now. Vegas has him as the favorite now that Embiid, Joel Embiid, and LeBron James are both out with injuries. Nikola Djokic is the MVP favorite, and he gets help. Aaron Gordon, he's in his seventh season out of the University of Arizona. Great talent, 
and we'll see what he can do in Denver. He's never played past the first round. He's been in the playoffs twice with Orlando. They've been bounced early. So we'll see this year how he performs in later playoff rounds because you would think Denver should make a run again. They made the Western Conference Finals just last season. JaVale McGee, of course, has been on multiple championship teams, Golden State and then LA last year. So he's won a couple of championships. So he's more than capable of stepping up in the playoffs. We go down to Philadelphia. Philadelphia makes a move. Looks like George Hill will be heading there. Part of a three-team deal with the Knicks and the Thunder. So George Hill, he's been passed around like a peace pipe over the years. And he's going to Philadelphia. So those are the big deals today in the NBA trade deadline world. Again, I like the Clippers. I think the Clippers are a big winner. And the loser, well, they're a crosstown rival, the LA Lakers. The Lakers don't pick up anyone. Their best two players are both injured. Reports are coming out that LeBron James is out for a month at least. Anthony Davis at least two weeks. And they've been saying that every two weeks about Anthony Davis. He's got that calf strain. And that's always something you're worried about. All you have to go back is two years. Remember the NBA Finals, Kevin Durant, calf strain, that mysterious calf strain. And then weeks went by, he finally goes out to play, and then boom, he tears the Achilles. Anthony Davis, he's got the calf strain, the Achilles soreness. It's it's suspicious. And so you got to be worried if you're a Laker fan. And then on top of that, yes, LeBron James, high ankle sprain. He's probably out at least a month. They're saying four weeks, could be up to six weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how far the Lakers free fall while the Clippers, their crosstown rival, look to be getting stronger. And perhaps we'll have the Clippers winning the championship this year and you'll have King Kawhi as the face of the league. And with that, let's bring in Big J. Big J, what were your thoughts today on the NBA trade deadline? Well, I thought the uh, Heat are definitely winners in this, getting Victor Oladipo, as you mentioned, the Clippers, and a a guy with two championships in Rondo. Uh, I think uh, the not-so-big-of-a-deal Denver getting JaVale McGee heading to his 17th team or so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know how many teams he's bounced around on, but teams just seem to not really care about that guy. Yeah. So (laughs) the village bicycle. And then, (laughs) and then you have the Raptors opting not to trade Kyle Lowry, which is wonderful for them. I don't even know why he was on the trading block to begin with. Right. And then the Spurs with the buyout of Aldridge. Right. So the Spurs are looking to regroup. You're a Spurs guy. What were your thoughts? What's your lasting memory of LaMarcus Aldridge? Uh, I wasn't really, I didn't really pay attention too much to him. It was more so Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. And then Aldridge kind of came into that group a little late in the, uh, in their run, but I believe he was part of the last championship group. Was he not? He was the 2015 free agent prize and he missed out on their last championship. Their last championship was in 2014 
So he joined the team. Oh, it was a year before. Okay. Yeah. And they made the second round, Tim Duncan's last season, although they had the 67 and 15 record, which most years would be the best in the NBA, but that was the year the Warriors went 73 and nine. And then it was the following year where their record wasn't as good. Duncan had retired, but they actually upset the Houston Rockets and James Harden in the second round that year and then played Golden State and Kawhi Leonard hurt his ankle game one Zaza Pachulia. You remember that 2017? Yeah, I do remember that. And then it was after that, they went on, those warriors went on to lose. No, they won that year. That was the year they beat, Le- they beat, they beat LeBron. That was 2017 Zaza Pachulia. Kevin Durant was on the team. They won that year. And the next year it was 2016 when the Spurs yeah, it, lost to that's, I guess Thunder. that's the year I'm talking about. Yeah, you're thinking of that year. Yeah, the Thunder should have beat Golden State, and then Golden State should have beat Cleveland. Yeah, and that was all the same year as Duncan, his final year with Aldridge as his first season joining the Spurs. So that's the timeline there. But the the Spurs never really took off with him as their best player because when Kawhi left... Kawhi's last season really was 2017. Even though he was on the team in 2018, that was the year he didn't play. And so Aldridge was the guy on that team, and they lost in the first round. And then 2019, he's the guy with DeMar DeRozan, who they brought over from Toronto when they traded Kawhi. And again, got a frog in my throat. Again, he struggled, and they lost in the first round to Denver. That was the last time they were in the playoffs, two years ago. And then last year, they missed out completely. So, LaMarcus Aldridge, he has talent, but I don't think he's a number one guy. And even in his heyday, I think he was a number two. Remember, he was on Portland, Big J, and he wanted out. And who was the star? Damian Lillard. He hit the big shot in 2014 when they beat Houston in the first round. And then 2015, that was that was LaMarcus Aldridge's last year. And there was always rumors that he wasn't, fond of sharing the spotlight with Lillard and he thought that he was the better player. And so you had that tension there. And I, I think Aldridge has always been a number two. Well, look, Go ahead, Big J. Look where he's at now, though. Look where he's at now, though. Still without a championship. And I think if he had actually stayed with Portland, Damian Lillard was starting to develop into a su- super stud. Yep. Who knows what would have happened? Right. It was around then that McCollum became I mean, their number he, two uh, guy. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Aldridge. I mean, now, didn't Dame he, Time he, win uh, like two playoff series in a row on last second shots? Yeah. Lillard has done that. He did it in 2014 when he was younger in his career. It was only his second year. And that established himself as a clutch player. And then he did it again to wrestle Westbrook a couple of years ago when they played the Thunder. So, yeah, he's done it a couple times. Yeah. Game, All I see over social media when playoff time rolls around. <laughs> yeah, game ending and series ending shots. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone else has ever done two of them in the final, like literally at the horn. <laughs> no time left. Maybe, maybe maybe Robert Horry in his career? To win a series? I know he's done it That's to win a game. That's uh, guy, the other guy I can think of. Right. Of course, he's known for the Kings-Lakers 2000 Game 4 game-winning three-pointer. I remember that one. But to end a series, too, that's Still just... burns me. <laughs> yeah. 
that was the year, or that was 2002. Sorry, 2002. But yeah, they were going for the three peat. They won in 2000, 2001, 2002. Vladi Divac's dumbass just had to tip the ball right to Robert Horry at the top of the key. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Vladi Divac. Mm hmm. And he was in the league for a long Divac. time. He's a veteran. Divac, yes. He, he, he was in the league for a long time, and people thought, all right, this will be the year where he gets his ring, potentially, but not meant to be. There was another year, too. It was the 2000 year where they beat Portland, and there's that other guy, Sabonis, whose son is in the league now, DeMontis Sabonis. His dad was on the Trailblazers. Arvadis, I believe his name was Arvadis Sabonis, and he was a great player for a long time. And that was the year. Portland lost in seven games to the Lakers. Same deal, Western Conference Finals. So anyway, we're going on a tangent, but to go back to current times, Miami adds Aldridge as their third piece. It could work because Aldridge at this point in time is probably a number three or four on a true championship team. And he's at the end of his, probably towards the end of his career now. So he's, he's ring chasing a little bit. But that's not finalized yet, Big J. The Heat are still in talks, but that's th- that's the rumor. I still think the winner is the Clippers getting Rajon Rondo. Uh, you know, he was only averaging three point nine points and three point five assists. Mm. He's thirty four years old, but he brings that leadership factor to the Clippers, that uh, experience factor. Yeah, it's kind of like Can't Tom Brady it. going to Tampa. You know, he brings that leadership, that winning culture, and. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens, but I think the Clippers are might go on a tear from here on out. Yeah, you can't underestimate the leadership qualities. The experience experience is huge. Anything you do, any any walk of life, experience is huge. So yeah, I, I think Rondo is going to make them so much better. And to transition to the NBA standings, I want to I want to talk about the Lakers and how far they could fall. I'm looking at the standings right now and they're losing right now. And as we're talking, we'll update the listeners here because they're 30 seconds away from losing. But you look at the standings in the West, you've got Utah at number one, 32 and 11. Phoenix, who's playing great. They're overachieving. Chris Paul. Chris Paul always seems to have a winning team. 29 and 14. Number three, the Clippers. And the Clippers are starting to hit their stride. They won four in a row. They're 30 and 16. I think the Clippers could end up being even higher. They could pass the Suns. Who knows? Get the two seed. But they're three. And then you got the Lakers, who are, like I said, 30 seconds away here. 24 seconds now. They're down by six. So they lose this game. They're 28 and 17 in the four spot. And like I said, LeBron is out a month. Anthony Davis is out at least two more weeks. They could drop from, they're at four now. They were at two just five days ago, and now they're at four already. And so another two weeks go by, they could be at, who knows, seven, eight. Because you look at the standings, the Nuggets are only a game and a half back, 26 and 18 in the five seed. Trailblazers, same. They're 26 and 18. So they're tied with the Nuggets, five and six. Then you get to Dallas, 23 and 19. And Dallas has been playing better. They won seven out of their last 10. Doncic is playing better. And they just picked up J.J. Redick. We talked about that. Dallas could continue to win some games, and they could pass the Lakers. So then you're looking at the eight seed. 
The Lakers could fall all the way to eight. That's where San Antonio currently is. They're 22 and 20. <laughs> so the Lakers are in for a bumpy ride the next few weeks. They could really slip. And then the nine seed is Memphis, 21 and 20. The 10 seed is Golden State, 22 and 23. What do you think, Big J? Do you, do you see the Lakers falling down to possibly the eight seed even? I mean, they don't. Here's the problem I have with teams that stack their roster with just two superstars and then de- a decent bench. It's really, a, it's really a short bench if you think about it. Um, they have Costas Antetokounmpo, Devontae, I'm going to butcher his last name, Kakok. <laughs> I think you said it beautifully. Contavious. Tremendous job there. <laughs> Contavious Caldwell Pope. Oh, yeah, I got Alex Caruso. He's decent. Obviously, Davis is out. James is out. Jared Dudley. Uh, Marcus Sol. Dudley. Dudley's been around forever. Horton Tucker. Taylor Horton Tucker. Right. Um, Damian Jones. Kyle Kuzma. Wesley Matthews. Alfonso McKinney. Markeith Morris and Dennis Schroeder. Right. Nobody that really screams superstar or even game takeover mode. Nope. So Zero. they're they're yeah, I mean they're they're screwed. And the game just went final. And it serves James's narcissistic gas right though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He you know he is I wonder if he secretly is hoping they just free fall always, out of the playoffs because then he gets to keep his perfect first round record intact. Because, you know, right now he's undefeated in the first round of the NBA playoffs in his career. And, you know, he thinks about it. He's one of those guys that you'll say, hey, man, um, remember 2008, there was this game. I think you scored uh, 28 points. And he'd be like, no, 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 I scored 29. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, 29, my bad. And he, like, knows exactly what his stats are. So I wonder if he would almost be deep down, like, you know what? Man, we're going to free fall. Let's just miss it all together. Let's just not even play because I could lose in the first round. And then it just makes me look even better because the team couldn't even make the playoffs without me. Like he's one of those guys. I have never seen a man so babied by a business right. in my entire life. I don't even think Michael Jordan was this babied. No, no. And and there were rumors that he got preferential treatment, but then you could argue, well, he's Michael Jordan. And then, you know, the same goes with LeBron. He gets the preferential treatment, but people say, oh, he's LeBron. But it's just so, it, it's, it's not a good look. It's just so unattractive. <laughs> Watching a guy who's 36 years old now get pampered like a baby, like you said. And if you're really looking at a guy as a leader, I don't think it's respectable. Uh, find a little cold air, Big yeah. J. <laughs> That's all good, man. All right. I, I was trying to emphasize my point there, but I, I was I was coming up with a scratchy throat. So, yeah, no, LeBron James, he's been like that for years. And people will ask me, well, you know, LeBron James, you don't seem to be a big fan of his. And I'll say, well, yeah, I'm not a big fan. And they'll say, oh, it's because he went to Miami. And I'll say, no. This goes back to when he got a tattoo of himself or a tattoo on himself that said chosen one. Like the amount of narcissism he had even at 16, 17 is just 
not and attractive I'm, I'm will- at all. It's just something that makes you, it, it's, it's not, not something that makes you want to root for him, you know? And I'm willing to bet people don't know this, but he nicknamed himself King James. Yeah, that's right. He did give him that, that nickname, himself that nickname. You're right. Absolutely right. I think that's interesting, though, because the media never covers that. And the media never covers anything that puts him in a negative light. You know, it's always worship. It, it's it's kind of nauseating watching the LeBron worship 24-7. And I think there's a lot of guys out there like us, and hopefully they're listening to this show right now, and they're probably just saying, yes, yes, finally somebody's saying this because it's obvious, but nobody will say it in the mainstream because we've got a bunch of cowards, a bunch of weak people in the media, and they'll just bow down to them. And the rest of us are sitting there thinking, dude, this guy is <clears throat> total narcissist. And for one, he's not a good leader. Just look at how many people he runs off the team. You know, anytime something goes wrong, he runs somebody off the team or he himself. Onzo Balls. Yeah. Look at the Lakers a couple of years ago. He wanted all those guys gone <laughs> and they knew it like all those guys on the team knew it. And so they they wanted to leave, too. They couldn't stand him. So he gets in Anthony Davis and he was lucky because Anthony Davis is a great player who also worships LeBron. So LeBron was lucky that he got a guy as talented as Anthony Davis, who also worships him to be his teammate. So that really helped. And then obviously Dwayne Wade is his best friend going back to his Miami days, but he actually bailed out on Dwayne Wade when Dwayne Wade's knees started getting a little iffy. Boom. LeBron's gone. He upgrades for Kyrie Irving, a young superstar, Kevin Love, an all-star. And then when Cleveland doesn't do well, who does he blame? Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Oh, Kevin Love's just another guy. He's not that good. Really? He was a multiple all-star. And now they're saying he's just another guy. There's always an excuse. And it's always interesting to see how the media covers for him. And so, yeah, even today, I guarantee you the Lakers, it'll just be nonstop. Oh, you know, LeBron, if he was on the team, they'd be the number two seed. And now that he's not, look at how far they've fallen. And they won't mention LeBron will sabotage the team so it doesn't work unless he's there playing. So essentially he is the system. So you take him out and then it doesn't work because he essentially makes it so LeBron centric that it doesn't have the efficiency without him there because he's created it in a way where it won't work without him. And so he knows that if he's not there, there's nothing the team around him can do because they're, they're essentially pieces in a puzzle. And without the main piece, obviously they can't do anything. Whereas other teams, you know, they're superstars that can step out for a few days and they can still function because they can still play and win and be successful without, without their superstar because the superstar isn't quite as self-centered and so they can still win without him. But LeBron is, is a very self-centered player and everything revolves around him. So when he leaves, the team just falls apart. And that's part of being with LeBron. And again, when it does, you know, if, if it goes wrong, he doesn't get any of the fault. It'll be somebody else's fault. So it'll be Rob Palenka, the journal manager for not getting the players the bench players to be better. It'll always be somebody else's fault. You could also argue though, that he started the, and this was back in the summer. I want to say the politicization of the NBA. Yes. With the writing on the court. Right. You know, the, the way that the NBA sent out press releases and did press conferences. Right. He had major influence over that. That's a hundred percent. Correct. 
Yeah, he and he was the guy that was pushing for the NBA to be quiet about China a couple years ago when China was in the news for not treating people in Hong Kong humanely. And remember, there was a general manager, Daryl Morey, who was critical. And LeBron James criticized Daryl Morey for being critical of the way China was treating people in Hong Kong. And it's interesting because LeBron James is very vocal about people in the US and he's got his own political perspective. But then he's a hypocrite because he doesn't support people who are being attacked in other places because it affects his money. Because where does the NBA get a lot of money? China. You ain't lying there. (laughs) So we just did a LeBron segment, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm sure the viewers appreciated some honest LeBron talk. Like we don't hear that anywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. That's why you, you, you listen to this podcast, because this podcast, I can guarantee you, I will continue to be genuine when it comes to LeBron James. You know, LeBron, to me, signing with the Lakers kind of taints the, the uh, legacy Kobe left behind because I was such a big Laker fan with Shaq and Kobe. Right. And then I see how far the Lakers have fallen, in essence, to the point where they signed LeBron, and I just don't recognize them anymore. No. And there were, you remember, there were people that were actually unhappy when LeBron signed. And then the media quickly said, oh, those are haters. Those people shouldn't even be Laker fans. They're not even real Laker fans, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, I actually rooted for the Lakers growing up, as you remember, Big J. And they were, they were, in a sense, they were attacking me because I, I didn't go out and say anything like, oh, yeah, I don't want LeBron. But I was thinking it, you know, I, I'm not as big on rooting for the Lakers as I used to be when I was a kid. But I was I was thinking it like, why? I don't want to see LeBron in the Lakers because you go back to when Kobe was there and it was Kobe against LeBron 10, 12 years ago. And that was when Kobe was probably the best player, but people were already saying LeBron was the best player. So people wanted to see them play each other in the finals. And so there was a rivalry. And I always was, I, I, I rolled with Kobe. And so seeing LeBron come to the Lakers, it was kind of strange. And so it was a genuine emotion for Laker fans to feel that way, to feel like, why do we want LeBron? No, that's, that's weird. Uh, we're Kobe people. Like, let's build a team around somebody else. We don't want LeBron. But then they would get criticized as haters by the LeBron sycophants. Because the LeBron sycophants are just toadies for their savior bully, LeBron James. That's all it is. And it's sad. That's why I call them weak because the media is weak. I just miss the purity of the of NBA basketball growing up. You know, I I miss not having to see political statements made every night. I miss just watching the game and and looking up to these guys like you did role models, right? Right. Like uh, Tim Duncan. You know, I, a guy I like nowadays actually is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Because here's a guy who works hard. He's a stud. He keeps his head down and he shows you the way the game is supposed to be played. And he said it himself, like, I'm a basketball player. I'm not going to get involved in politics. I don't need to do that. Right. I, I like I like Giannis. I like Kawhi. Kawhi has that masculine quality where it's all about proving it on the court, be soft-spoken, 
and don't whine and complain and be emotional, overly emotional. And you see way too much of that in today's NBA, always complaining, whining. And it's not, it's not something becoming of a leader, right? And that's the problem with LeBron. It just feels like it's a phony. You got a lot of these phony leaders and that old school, you know, take care of your business and you don't need to be overly emotional all the time. That's Kawhi Leonard. That's why I like Kawhi Leonard. And I agree with you about the Greek freak. Antetokounmpo, I like him too. I hope that he gets success with Milwaukee at some point. Hopefully they get to the finals because he's he does it the right way as well. I like seeing him play. He's won two MVPs, just needs that NBA finals. And on the other side of the coin, now you're seeing the NBA, like the competition is a little less because you have these super stacked teams. Yeah. And, you know, you have like, uh, say for the instance, the conspiracy with, well, it wasn't really a conspiracy. It's a, it was a proven thing with Tim Donaghy, the NBA ref. Yes. Who manipulated games within the rules. Yeah. And this guy said, look, I may have manipulated games within the rules, but the NBA didn't stop me from doing it either because they knew what he was doing. Right. Yeah. The NBA. And it's funny because this is NBA trade deadline talk, but now we're going to have to put in the topic NBA, you know, what went wrong over the last 20 years? Cause we're essentially breaking down the faults of the NBA here, but it's true. The NBA has had issues with referees they have issues with their superstars, the way they've coddled them. And it's made it more unwatchable for many, many fans. It's, it's got to the point now where people, they, they don't view it like they did in the 90s when you saw Jordan or the 80s when you had Bird and you had Johnson. And people looked at those guys more as guys that did it through hard work and they earned it. Now with the super teams and then, of course, like you said, with Donaghy and the officiating, you just feel like there's this star treatment. Certain teams are going to get certain calls. Certain teams are stacked. You know, we talked about LeBron in Miami. Then he goes to Cleveland, just stacking the team. And then I remember Draymond Green, when he was asked about the Warriors stacking the team, he said, we didn't even start it. You know, it was LeBron because the media, again, was on LeBron's side trying to say, well, the Warriors aren't legitimate champions because they stacked their team. And then I was glad Draymond actually pointed out we weren't the ones that started it. LeBron went to Miami back in 2010 and he's the one that started it. So yeah, you've got all these stacked teams now. It makes it so there's really only a handful of teams that have a chance to win. Makes the league more unwatchable. It's a shame because basketball is a great sport. You played it growing up, Big J. I, I really enjoyed playing. I remember playing some summer ball with you growing up. It's awesome going up and down the court the the game the the game itself is teaches you discipline teaches you hard work you know you have to stay in shape to play the game right right as you know when i was playing football i didn't have to stay as spry as i did running up and down the court so you had to stay in shape you had to stay mentally sharp Uh, strategy is big in basketball right not saying it's not big in other sports but it, it takes some uh, mental acuity. Well, all you have to, to do is look at basketball. last weekend, San Diego State. Couldn't figure out the zone defense, Syracuse. There you go right there. Oh, yeah. Jim Beheim did an incredible job with with that team. It's kind of Props to him and Buddy Beheim, huh? It's kind of like a baseball pitcher mixing up 
you know, fastball, curveball, changeup. You know, you keep them off balance. And that's what Syracuse does. They play that zone. They keep you off balance. They keep you guessing. San Diego State, they are a team that's got a lot of talent. And what Syracuse recognizes, well, and this, again, another good comparison would be a pitcher who knows, I can't throw my fastball by this guy, this hitter, so I'm going to use my changeup, my curveball. So Syracuse, they use their zone defense because they're thinking, all right, man-to-man, San Diego State's got a little more athleticism. Let's play zone and then use our minds. And that goes to what you were saying, you know, a game of uh, intelligence. You're using your mind to try to win. And so that's there. That's a great example right there is last weekend with Syracuse. Syracuse has been doing that a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, they're a great team this year. They're going to be hard to stop in the sweet 16. They, they might even get to a final four this year. Yeah, that's right. And you're going to be watching just for our listeners. You told me you're going to be watching every game this weekend. All eight games, four on Saturday and four on I, Sunday. My brain will be melt leaking out of my ears. So I'm going to watch all 16 hours. So you'll be ready next podcast <laughs> we do on Monday night. You'll be breaking down those games. And then I'm going to be watching Monday and Tuesday. That's right. Yeah, you can't stop. You got to watch all of them. Elite eight. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So going back to the NBA, just conclude with this. I I like the Clippers. I do like the Heat and the teams I'm not as big on. I'm not really sure <clears throat> what the Lakers are doing. I think the Lakers, they're planning on buying out Andre Drummond. We'll see if that happens over the next few days. I'm not really sure about the Nuggets. I know that they picked up Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee. I just don't know if that's going to be something that gets them to the finals. Because remember, Big J, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. I don't know if this moves the needle where they're going to make the finals now because they picked up Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee. But we'll see. And the other teams pretty much stayed pat. I think those are teams that made the big splashes. The Jazz didn't really do much. They're number one in the conference in the West. The Sixers, I didn't really see a whole lot of movement for them. They're just kind of waiting for Joel Embiid to come back. And that was about it. Brooklyn, they already got their pieces. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. So a lot of these teams are already kind of set. Brooklyn set. Philly's set, Milwaukee's set. Most of these teams are set. The team, again, that made the moves in the East, the Heat, in the West, the Clippers, the Heat made the finals last year, although this year I think it'll be tougher for them. Right now they're slated at number seven in the conference, and the Clippers are third. So the Clippers are the team I like with Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo, a proven winner. And now we just got to watch it play out. Yeah, uh, again, I like the Clippers. I'm hoping uh, Kawhi takes the cake. So that's right. That's that. <laughs> That'd be interesting too, because you know how the media has already said, "Oh, LeBron, the Lakers, they're the kings of LA," and then Kawhi, not so fast. <laughs> the Clippers come back the next year and win. That'd be that'd be something. Yeah, and remember, the I Clippers, would love that. Big J have guess who in their their management, their front office, a guy that's a proven. Winner knows what he's doing, Jerry West. So I think he made another great move getting Rajon Rondo. Yeah, 
And if the Clippers lose, I'll probably just tune out and disappear. <laughs> From the NBA, you know, it's like, who cares after that? Well, the good news, Big J, is we'll have baseball season in May and June at that point. So we can head on over to Petco Park. Where we'll be doing some baseball card giveaways. That's right. That's right. To those listening out there, Big J, we are doing a baseball card giveaway coming up. I'm sure you'll have more for the listeners as we get into baseball season, Big J, but that's a good little teaser. So we'll we'll be getting into that a little more probably in the upcoming weeks. And with that, that'll do it. So this weekend, be on the lookout for the new additions, see how they do on their new teams. And we will come back again next week break down some more college basketball for you it's a little college basketball heavy right now but it is march on this show and um, we'll continue to bring you the latest news with our takes big j any last words sayonara (laughs) all right well thank you for tuning in to today's show you can catch me every tuesday and friday in the afternoon wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on facebook twitter and Instagram at Smack Sports Inc. This is the Afternoon Drive on the Smack Sports Radio Network. Until the next one, I am Thomas Vermazen, signing off. <laughs>